0: Yes, uh, so good evening everybody, all those who have joined here. Uh, uh, we have a uh, guest with us. And, uh, this is a uh, pastor elder uh, from uh, uh, Transfigured Church, Joplin in USA. And he's a mighty man of God. Uh, and uh, uh, he's been uh, uh, walking in the same authority and power which... The Lord Jesus Christ wants each one uh, of us to walk and he has been teaching that uh, now and sharing uh, how we can walk in the the same uh, authority and power which Lord Jesus Christ walked. So, we welcome you uh, uh, brother uh, Clint and uh, we would like to hear what God uh, has for us
1: today. We thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for inviting me. I just want to make sure that everyone can hear me okay. (laughs) Yes, very much clear. Thank you. Excellent. Yes, Uh, Yes, it's clear.
0: Can be. Can hear very clearly.
1: Very good. Awesome. Um, Fidel, I wondered if you would be able to record this. Is that possible on your end?
0: I will try, brother. I will try okay. to uh, record uh, All right. record symbol. Yes, uh, one minute. Uh, I'll check.
1: Uh, my next question is, how long do I
0: have? Uh, usually, the time is uh, one hour okay. from now. Okay. Uh, you, can, uh, you can take extra time if you want.
1: Okay. Yes. Uh, all right, so...
0: Uh, 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 one minute, brother. Uh, Libero, can you record this on your side? Because I cannot see my record button on my side brother libero i'll just check one minute one minute yeah you, you can have see. the record oh. button please record. can you record this huh? actually there is a i have got distinct here yeah, my god wait uh, there is another option for me
1: if you can't record it's no big deal Hey, um, would you it, take a couple pictures while it, I'm doing this? The, uh, yeah. Yeah, just, have a, just a, this. one? Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. But it has to come, something has to
1: come, then. It
0: is. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, that's it, 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 Yeah. 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 Now,
1: when you, you hear it, I think you are. Okay. It's done, no? Yeah, I think it's getting recorded now. Okay, cool. All right. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for joining me. Thanks for joining us. Fidel, thanks for the invite. It's very nice to meet you. Um, very honored to speak to you guys. Um, and we want to talk about... Uh, walking in power, we want to talk about the kingdom. So I come to you today in the name of Jesus Christ and His kingdom, which is destined to consume all nations. Uh, we're we're I'm talking to you from uh, Joplin, Missouri, USA. So that's right in the middle of the United States of America, and the United States of America is in a bad shape spiritually. They're lost. And, uh, and confused, and confounded, and sick, and dying. And we're doing uh, uh, our part in advancing the kingdom to destroy the works of the devil. So the first thing I want to do is I want to read to you Ephesians 4.11 before we get started teaching here. This is Paul uh, writing. He says, he gave some to be apostles, um, prophets, prophets evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service and for the building up of the body of Christ until we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God into a complete man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now we have got a lot of people claiming to be apostles A lot of people who say they're a pastor, a lot of people who say they're a prophet, and a lot of people who say they're evangelists and teachers. But they're not doing the job as required by the Word of God to be apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. According to the Word of God, the job of these five kinds of leaders in the body of Christ is to equip the saints for their own works of ministry. Until they reach a complete or perfect man. And that word complete in the Greek means mature. And that is a maturity that is in the likeness of the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That means that this entire kingdom plan is hinged on you maturing into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Everything that God wants to do and is doing depends on us maturing and for the leaders to do their job in bringing us into maturity to the measure of the stature of His fullness. So we say the measure of the stature of His fullness, that means we walk like He walked, we talk like He talked, we do what He did, and Jesus himself even said, the same works you will do in even greater. And America has done, uh, I'm sure, you guys a disservice by teaching you how to start ministries, but robbing you of the power it takes to do the ministry. <laughs> Jesus wants to restore his kingdom to you with power today. And that's what I'm going to uh, be talking about. So I'm just going to jump in. Uh, I'm going to mention a few scriptures here, um, and I invite you to write these down or make a note of them because uh, there's going to be too many to remember. But I want to lay for you a foundation of kingdom takeover, of kingdom authority. Um, In order to understand the kingdom of God, we've got to understand what uh, God's plan was from before he created anything. God conceived a plan, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit conceived a plan from before He laid the foundation of the world. And this plan includes all nations joined to Christ as sons through His blood sacrifice and Spirit baptism. Number two, the kingdom of God consuming all other kingdoms until all of God's enemies are utterly subdued. Number three, That Christ reigns in the created realm with this new creation race of humanity, which is God's new humanity through Christ. So God conceived a plan. Before he said, let there be light, he had a plan. And this plan is being carried out in every detail until the fullness of time by the sons of God, who we are right now on the planet. Now, a couple scriptures to back that up. 1 Peter 1.20 He was foreordained before the creation of the world. Speaking of Jesus. But he was revealed in these last times for you. In Revelation 13.8, it says that Christ was slain from before the foundation of the world. That means that Jesus' sacrifice is not plan B. It's plan A. Because it was decided that he would be a sacrifice. And he would be a, uh, a human. And a human sacrifice From before the foundation of the world. So before sin, before the fall, before any of that, Jesus foreordained before the creation of the world. Number two here, Ephesians 1, 4, and 5. He chose us in Him. God chose us in Christ from before the foundation of the world. It says, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. To be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us to adoption as sons to himself through Jesus Christ. According to the good pleasure of his will. So everything that God is doing uh, in his kingdom revolves around this plan. Revolves around Jesus Christ being crucified. And us being uh, predestined uh, to be sons. And also it says that we have been predestined to be conformed into his likeness predestined to be conformed into His image. That means God, before He said, let there be light, He predetermined that there would be a perfect man and His name would be Jesus, the Son of God, and that many sons would come after this man in His perfection. So right away, let's just define what it means to be perfect. It means that to have a man who is sinless, and perfectly righteous, indwelt by God. And that is what Jesus is. Jesus is a sinless man, he is a human, and he is righteous. There was no sin found in him. And he was indwelt by the Spirit of God. It may surprise you to understand that Jesus said, uh, These works I do, I do not do them. Jesus Himself didn't do a single miracle. He said, It's the Spirit of my Father in me who does the works. So Jesus is the perfect example, the perfect Son, the perfect model, the example of a mature Son walking in the fullness of the Spirit of God, the fullness of authority, the fullness of power, and the fullness of faith on this earth. And He is our, our example. Jesus Himself said, I am the firstborn." among many to come, just like me, or I am the firstborn among many brothers. And since Jesus was foreordained before the foundation of the world, and we have been predestined to be conformed into his likeness, his likeness is the measure of the stature of the fullness that we have been uh, foreordained to walk in. Okay? Now, where are these people? I don't know if you have any in India, but there's not very many in America. I can tell you that we have served up a false gospel with a false spirit, and a Jesus who has been clothed in tradition instead of clothed in authority. We have put forth a uh, a gospel of a historical gospel of a historical Jesus and robbed him of his power. And even uh, Jesus addressed this in Mark. Chapter 7, verse 13, he told the religious leaders of that day, You have handed down to you uh, many traditions which make the word of God void or no effect. And the word of God is of little effect in the earth right now. It's of little effect in the nations. Uh, We see some results here and there. We're seeing results where we are. But the reason the word of God is void or of little effect in many places in the nations It's because that word, to make void, means to rob or remove of authority. With our traditions, we have removed the authority of the Word of God. We have removed the ability of the sons of God to manifest just like Jesus, to walk just like Jesus, and to do what He did, the same works and even greater. So today we're going to be teaching this and uh, I'll get through as much as I can. I feel like I want to just push about a six months worth of of things into this. I can't do that, but I want to begin to uh, lay a foundation for you to understand who you are, so that you can step into it. All right. Now, um, Adam was a type of Jesus. When God created the first man, He created Adam. There was no sin. There was no death. But in Romans 5:14 it says nevertheless death reigned from Adam to Moses even over those who had not sinned. And Adam was a type of him who was to come. Speaking of Jesus. Jesus. So Adam was not even God's perfect plan. Adam was a type of the one to come. Adam was a type or someone who pointed to what was coming which is Jesus. Okay, in 1 Corinthians 15, 45, it says the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. But the last Adam was made a life-giving spirit. The last Adam is Jesus Christ. Okay, says the first Adam was of the earth made of dust. The second um, Adam, or the last Adam, was the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so are those who are of dust. And is the man of heaven, so are those who are of heaven. We have been As we have been born in the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. So Jesus being the last Adam undid everything that the first Adam did. Through the sin of one man, or, uh, yeah, through the sin of one man, death entered the world. Okay? Adam let death into the world through sin. Now, That sin, that death, has reigned until uh, the time of Moses. It reigned, to tell you the truth, it even reigned uh, until the resurrection of Jesus. That death reigned in this world. Now, the last Adam has undone death and all of its effects. He is the perfect man, and we are sons born in his likeness. So, I saw on the, the graphic that you set up, Fidel, for this uh, Genesis one twenty six, talking about how God gave man dominion. In Genesis one twenty six, it says, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Dominion. And it says again also in verse 28, let him have dominion. God gave the earth to man to steward. In one of the Psalms it says that the heavens belong to God, but earth has he placed into the hands of men. And many people view God as you know way up in the heavens all on his throne, and he's just playing some kind of a chess game with the earth, and and you know, he's sovereignly moving here and sovereignly moving there. But let me tell you, he has placed the earth in the hands of the Son of the Sons of Men. Okay? Not after the likeness of the first Adam, but after the likeness of the second or the last Adam, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Now you go and, uh, into all nations, baptizing them. What is he saying? He's saying, Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion. Okay? After the image of the last Adam, we are. And we have all authority in the earth. Um, in Genesis 3.15, we see the serpent uh, beguile Adam and Eve. He tricked Adam and Eve into sin. And through that sin, death entered the world. At that moment, Satan, or the adversary, or the kingdom of darkness, became the god or the ruler of this world. Will you turn the heat down? He became the god of this world. That's how death reigned, alright? In Matthew 4, 8, we see where Satan takes Jesus up to a high place and shows him the kingdoms of the world. He's, this is during the temptation when Jesus was fasting. He says, again, the devil took him up in a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their grandeur. And he said to him, all these things I will give to you. The devil said to Jesus all these things I will give to you. How can the devil give anything to Jesus that does not belong to him? That's because he received ownership, legal rights to the created realm through the sin of Adam. (coughs) Death ruled the world because the God of this world was the father of death. That's the problem. Alright? Now, Jesus arrives on the scene. He says in Luke 10, 19, Look, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. How much power? All power. And in the Greek, um, the, the word power is translated from two different words. One means Uh, Dunamis, which means ability or miraculous ability. The other one is exousia, which means authority. And so in the original Greek, it literally says, I give you authority over all the ability of the enemy. We have been given full authority, the same authority as Jesus, over all the works of the devil, over sickness, over sin over disease, over all the works of the devil, over death itself. we have all authority, all means all. okay? Now Jesus has given it, since he's given us this, this authority, he has handed down to us commands on how to use this authority. Matthew 10:7 and 8 says, as you go preach saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. Now, why did Jesus say, as you preach, say the kingdom of heaven is at hand? Shouldn't have Jesus have said, tell them, hey, the Messiah is here. Announce to them, Jesus is here. Announce to them, it's time for the Messiah. Announce to them, uh, the Messiah is having a meeting downtown tomorrow night. You know, you would expect uh, them to say, Hey, come and see Jesus. He didn't tell them that, though. Jesus told His disciples, Announce to them the kingdom of God as it ha- is at hand. And this is, let me tell you, this is all about the kingdom of heaven being established in the earth through the sons of God. Isaiah prophesied... In Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. The government, the rule, the authority, or we could say the kingdom. Jesus did not come to establish a new religion. He didn't come to establish a better version of the Old Covenant. He didn't come to establish any kind of religion at all. He came to establish a government. He came to establish the kingdom. He came to establish authority. Now, Daniel, in Daniel 2.44, speaks about this kingdom. He says, In the days of these kings the God of heaven shall set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed and the kingdom shall not be left to another people but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever. Jesus is announcing this kingdom as you go heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, announce to them this kingdom is at hand, and it is destined to break into pieces and consume all the kingdoms of the world. And I announce to you today that the kingdom of heaven is destined to break into pieces and consume the kingdom and nation of India. It is destined to consume the cities and the countryside of India. It is destined to consume the governments of India. And it is destined and consumed, uh, destined to consume the kingdom of darkness that rules your country. It's coming down. But it's coming down through the sons of God who walk in the authority and the ability of Jesus Christ. Not some... A weak religious uh, appearance. Not some weak religion that comes with just words. But a kingdom that comes with authority. A kingdom that does the works of Jesus. A kingdom that preaches with power. A kingdom that heals the sick. A kingdom that raises the dead. A kingdom that evicts demons. And a kingdom that consumes nations. Now, you have probably heard the term, the good news. If we took a poll right now and had everybody raise their hand. You would probably say, yes, I've heard of the good news. You probably haven't heard what the good news is, though. Because you've probably received a false gospel from America, at least. Okay? The good news, listen closely. The good news of the what? The kingdom is the supremacy of... And the superiority of the kingdom of God is at hand. The supremacy and the superiority of the kingdom of God is at hand for Goa, India. The supremacy and the superiority of the kingdom of God is at hand for America. That's good news because where the father of lies has ruled now the sons of god the body of christ the church of jesus christ now is usurping their stolen place of influence in the in the nations of this world and the church of jesus christ whom the gates of hell cannot even prevail against is taking their bought and paid for place as the superiority of the kingdom of heaven on the earth. That's right, Fidel, taking over. You've got it. Now, what is the kingdom of God supposed to be doing? What is the kingdom of God on the earth? It's not a Sunday morning service. It's not a, a you know, a worship service. The kingdom of God is doing something. It says this in Hebrews 10, 12, 13. But this man, speaking of Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, Sat down at the right hand of God. Since that time, He has been waiting. One of the things, Fidel, you asked me uh, about and to, to say is, you know, tell us about what God is doing. I'll tell you what He's doing. He is waiting. He is seated in glory, in full authority, waiting. Waiting for what? I'll tell you. Hebrews 10, 13 says, He has been waiting for his enemies to be made his footstool. And while the modern Christianity uh, is is doing everything uh, but putting enemies under his feet, hell is taking over the nations of the world. Hell is exerting influence in the leaders of the world. Hell is exerting influence and killing and stealing and destroying. And we know that that is the nature of hell. In John 10.10, 10, that is the nature of hell. To steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life. And having life, Jesus was not talking about the prosperity gospel. The life that Jesus is talking about is the life... That subdues all of his enemies and makes them his footstool. The life that heals the sick, that raises the dead, that casts out demons, that consumes nations with the authority and the rule of Jesus Christ. Could you imagine Goa, India, with the, where the enemy has zero influence? That is. Goa India's destiny for the sons of God to rise up and to exert such authority that Goa India is no longer under the influence of the kingdom of darkness.
0: Amen. Hallelujah. Amen.
1: There you go. That's right. Now, we have to say we have to ask ourselves, how does this work? Because not pe- many people know this. Jesus said, narrow is the path to life, few are they that find it. There, is a, there, is a, there are many people who can preach, who can teach, who can look good, who can lead a service, who can play an instrument and lead a song in church. Not many people can find the path to life that consumes nations. Let's talk about how to do it. Okay? Jesus is the pattern. Number one. John 12, 24. Jesus said, truly, truly, John 12, 24. Truly, truly, I say to you. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. What is Jesus talking about? He's talking about his own life. If you plant a corn seed in the ground, you will get corn. If you plant a corn seed, you will not get a beet. You will not get a tomato. You will get corn. If you plant the Son of God in the ground, Jesus Christ, you're going to get a crop of sons of God. And that's what he meant when he said this. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. Why is it necessary to have a harvest of sons? Because the kingdom of God, Isaiah 9, 6 again, uh, comes on the shoulder of the Son of God. And Jesus said, the kingdom is in you and the kingdom is among you. 1 John 4, 17 says, In this way, God's love is perfected in us, so that we may have boldness on the day of judgment, because as He is, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. As Jesus is right now, so are we in this world. We have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We're not just righteous. We're not sinners uh, saved by grace. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we have been uh, indwelt by God himself. God has infused his spirit within us. So that we could walk as Jesus walked. Speak as he spoke. And do the same works that he did in even greater. John fourteen twelve says that. Jesus said, truly I say to you. He who believes in me will do the works that I do also. And he will do greater works than these because I am going to my Father. I'm talking about work. And most Christians don't want to work. They want to be taught They want to get a bottle, and they want to sip on it. They want to suck on it. They want to enjoy the Word, but they don't want to do the work. And that's why we have a famine of authority in the nations. Because sons of God aren't willing to do the work. They aren't willing to do the work it takes to find the narrow path that leads to life. And they aren't willing to do the work it takes to consume nations with authority of Jesus Christ through His kingdom. And we must become these sons who take responsibility. And this is the key word for a son of God. They take responsibility for the kingdom. They take responsibility to make sure that this word is fulfilled. Romans eight twenty nine. Paul says, For those whom he foreknew, he predestined, to be conformed to the image of His Son, so that He might be the firstborn among many brothers, just like Jesus. Now, let's jump to Matthew 28. This is what people call the Great Commission. And if I haven't convinced you yet that it's the will of God for you to walk like Jesus and do the same works as Him, and is even greater, uh, I'm about to... Seal the deal, as we say. Matthew 28, 18. Then Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Okay, so first of all, Most Christians think that the measure of maturity as a Christian is to be able to hear the voice of God more than anyone else. You might even agree that, hey, so-and-so, Clint, he hears God's voice all the time. Therefore, he is mature. God's always telling him, Clint, go here, do this. Clint, go there, do that. But I want to uh, propose to you, that it is not the mark of maturity to hear the voice of God more. It is the mark of immaturity. If, if any of you are parents, would you consider your child to be mature? Let's say you have an 18-year-old child, 17, 18-year-old child at home, and you constantly have to tell them what to do. Johnny, please pick up your dirty clothes. Johnny, please take out the trash. Johnny, I've told you a hundred times Please go feed the dog. Do whatever. You're always constantly telling him, Johnny, go do this. Johnny, go do that. Johnny, you know that you're supposed to be doing this, so I'm reminding you now to go do it, okay? We would not consider that child or that son to be mature, yet that's what we think means in the church. Well, I hear God's voice. I'm so spiritual. Oh, yeah? How many nations have been consumed by the kingdom with your maturity of hearing God's voice all the time? (laughs) I would propose this to you. That the most mature Son of God is the one who reads the Word of God and takes responsibility to do it. Now, let's take Johnny. And he gets up. He sees that the trash needs to be taken out. So he takes it out. Johnny sees that the dishes need to be washed, so he washes the dishes. Johnny sees that his room is messy, so he picks up his clothes. Johnny sees that someone is sick on the sidewalk, and he goes over and heals them. Johnny sees that someone died, so he goes and raises them from the dead. Johnny sees someone who's tormented by the devil, so he goes and sets them free. What we don't have is is sons of God taking responsibility to destroy the works of God on purpose. But we have a lot of sons of God who are waiting to hear, God, just tell me what you want me to do. Just tell me where you want me to go. I, I you know, Whatever you want to do today, God, just lead me by your Spirit. Okay? Listen. First of all, if you want to be led by the Spirit, you must put to death all of the hindrances in your life That caused the Spirit of God to be hindered because that is the purpose of the Spirit to lead you into all truth, to lead you into maturity, and according to Romans 8, to put to death the misdeeds of the flesh. The Spirit of God is in you to remove the hindrance of humanity that you can walk in the maturity of a Son of God. All right? Amen. Hallelujah. That's right, Fidel. He's coming on to say hallelujah. All right. (laughs) Now, Jesus, remember, we have the Great Commission. He says, go and make disciples. God, how do I know what to do? Because he said, go. Just pick a nation. Pick Goa. Pick India. wherever you want. But go and destroy the works of the devil on purpose and burn his kingdom to the ground. Then he says, baptize them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then he says, teach them to obey all things I have commanded you he didn't say teach them to be led by my spirit teach them to hear my voice so I can speak to them uh, when we, I need to speak to them. he said teach them to obey everything I have commanded you now Goa India Jesus is commanding you to obey everything. That He taught His original disciples. Well, how do we know what He taught them? I'm glad you asked. It's right here. Okay? Now, let's take this a step further. By the way, can God speak to us specifically? Absolutely. Man, God speaks to us with great detail all the time. But you do not need a leading of the Spirit to obey the commands of Jesus. Do you hear me? You don't need a leading of the Spirit to, To obey the commands of Jesus. Remember the woman that was bent over. She was an Israelite woman. And Jesus saw her. And he said it's not right. That a child of Abraham should be bent over for 20 years. So he healed her. You think God spoke to him like some wispy mysterious voice. God sent an angel. No. He saw that it wasn't right. This is how he taught the disciples to pray. Remember this. He said pray like this. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. First of all, for the kingdom of God to be present, His will must be being done. You cannot have the kingdom without the will of God being done. Okay? Now, on earth as in heaven, that means as sons of God, we have the right and responsibility to destroy the works of the devil to set captives free and to heal the sick and raise the dead on purpose whenever we want you see someone sick you heal them you see someone bound you set them free you see someone weak in their faith you disciple them Jesus said in and Luke 10 1 he appointed 70 to go into all the cities where he himself was about to enter. So he sent out, in Luke 10, 1, 35 groups of two. 35 groups of two. Into the cities where he himself was about to enter. And he gave them a command. Okay, let's pay attention, because the commands of Jesus are my commands. Uh, he sent them two by two ahead of him into every city and place where he himself was. Was about to come. He said to them. Heal the sick who are there. And say to them. Can you guess what he's going to say? The kingdom of God. Has come near to you. Jesus had no intention. Of healing any sick people. In these 35 cities. Where he was about to go. Why? Because he sent them two by two into these cities, and He said, heal the sick who are there. He sent them ahead and said, heal the sick who are there. And this is a command to us that we are to go on purpose two by two into our cities. We go uh, door to door. And this is uh, all these people here with me this morning. Uh, These are some of our outreach group. And we go door to door to heal the sick. We don't go door to door and say, hey, can you come to our service? Can you come to our meeting? Can you come to our dinner? We go and we say, the kingdom of God is here. And we're in your neighborhood today healing the sick in the name of Jesus who needs to be healed. And most of the people that we touch for healing are instantly healed. Why? Because we don't go in the name of Transfigured Church. We don't go in the name of Clint Kaler's ministry. We don't go in anyone's name except the name of Jesus representing His kingdom. When we represent His kingdom, we come in His authority. And we have so so much fighting and competition between churches and groups. It's a sign of immaturity. The competition, the fighting... The, the fighting over ground. Well, this is my church. And, 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 you know, don't steal my church members. And, you know, stay over there. And we'll stay over here. And we'll pretend like we like each other. You are ignoring the reason that Jesus came. Which is to consume all nations with a kingdom. He didn't say, take your church name and consume a nation. Because it can't. Your church name has no authority and no power. But the name of Jesus and His kingdom has all authority. And it is already written that it is destined to consume all nations. It is already written and has been pre-planned that India would be consumed by the kingdom of God. Matthew. 16, 18. And I tell you, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I'll say it again. The heavens belong to God, but the earth has He given to the sons of men. The earth has He given to a new race of heavenly humanity. That is the humanity, the new humanity, the new creation humanity, after the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. Now, let's talk about some very practical uh, things when it comes to operating in the kingdom of God. Okay? Uh, this last 10 minutes here, all I'm going to do is talk about how this applies to you. Now that we understand God's plan, and we understand how he's going to do it with his kingdom, why Jesus came, so that we could he could reap a, a harvest of sons who, who walk in the authority of this kingdom, and who carry out every detail of this plan concerning the uh, overtaking of all of God's enemies until when? Until they are all subdued under his feet. Do you see a common theme here? Like, go into every city and heal the sick therein. And he is waiting, seated on the throne in heaven until all of his enemies be made his footstool. Listen, we are all living for the second coming of Jesus. We are all living for his appearing. Peter commands us, hasten the day of his appearing. Okay? But Jesus is not coming back before we subdue his enemies. He is not coming back until we put all of his enemies under his feet. Okay, Now, how does this work? Especially concerning healing. You know, you hear people, God, if it be your will, please heal brother so-and-so. If it be your will, please go help that person. Uh, If it be your will, God, please heal this person. Please heal that person. God, we lift up this person to you. Okay, Nobody in the New Testament ever ministered healing like that. Nobody in the New Testament ever prayed like that. How did they pray? They said, get up. They said, be healed. They said, be made whole. They said, wake up. Okay? They commanded. If someone has authority, they have the ability to speak with a command. And the, the way that we advance this kingdom, the way that we heal the sick, the way that we raise the dead, the way that we cast out devils, is with a word of command. We tell the enemy what to do because we are in authority over him, his kingdom, and his works. So, we had, um, we had a woman uh, who had stage 4 cancer. Stage 4 is the last stages before you die. And the doctor said, there's so many tumors in your body, we cannot count them. Okay? They couldn't even count the tumors because there were so many. They scanned her body in this tube. And there were so many tumors. They could not count them. Okay? We prayed. Uh, we Actually, we prayed over a shirt. We laid our hands on it. And said, Cancer, we break your power now. Leave, in Jesus' name. Body, be healed. And that woman was in a wheelchair getting her last treatment at the hospital. Uh, dying. The doctors couldn't help her anymore. They took that shirt, that cloth, uh, and put it on her, put it on her lap. The first thing that happened is she got out of the wheelchair. <laughs> the second thing that happened is all the, the machines start uh, that, de- that detect cancer in her body yeah. in it her is. blood. The, the, the machines start the numbers start going down. So what do the doctors do? They're like, mm, we're very concerned about this. We should have her rescanned. So they send her back down to the guy that puts your body in the tube to scan her, okay? And the technician that's going to rescan her body to look for cancer, he starts freaking out. He's like, oh, what's wrong with my machines? What's wrong with some? Oh, I'm going to have to have it fixed. Okay, well, you know, something's wrong here. Something's broken. He thought it was broken because he re her body and put the new scan side by side. The old scan, the first scan, too many tumors to count. The second scan, zero tumors to be found. She was completely healed. We had another woman who was in a a car accident. Uh, She had been hit on the side. And uh, she called. uh, Well, we prayed for her mom, who had stage 3 or 4 cancer or whatever. Pain level at 10. Instantly healed. Pain left her. And then she's like, whoa, you know, that's amazing. So when she got in a car wreck, she called. She's like, hey, I need some help. You guys that came to my house and healed my mom, I need you to come back by because I've been in a car wreck. Well, we went to her house. And she had, from uh, her shoulder down, she was in uh, intense pain, and she couldn't move her arm. She couldn't move her shoulder uh, because she was in pain, and her ribs had all been damaged. And uh, they were very poor. They couldn't go to the hospital. They couldn't afford medical treatment. So what are they going to do? They're going to call on the sons of God. We went over there. Levi was there, right, Levi? Yes, I was. And uh, we laid our hands on her. And said, in the name of Jesus, from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, be made whole. Instantly. All pain left. And her whole body was healed. And she went She went like this. She started moving her arm. And then you know what she did? She wept. Because Jesus healed her. Levi. That's my son. 13-year-old son, Levi. L-E-V-I. Levi. So, uh... I could keep you here for days and days and days, all of us telling testimonies of uh, tumors disappearing, uh, cancer being healed, traumatic injury, casting out devils. But how this works is, listen, this this works because you've been made like Him. Okay? This works because you have been made righteousness. This works because you've been indwelt by the Holy Spirit Who does the work? Jesus said, It's not I who do these works. It's the Spirit of my Father in me. I'm telling you, it's not Clint who does the works. It is the Spirit of my Father in me. And when we receive through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God which indwells us, when we receive Him, we also receive the dominion that was lost that God gave to Adam. And they also receive the dominion that was won by Jesus when he defeated death, hell, and the grave. We're not waiting for revival. We're not waiting for God to move. We're not waiting for some other event. We are only taking responsibility to burn hell to the ground, and we're doing it on purpose.